Lord, let the God of my salvation be exalted. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles. And sing praises to your name. Evangelio. <laughs> from the gospel according to our teacher St. Luke, the evangelist and pure disciple, may his blessing be Christ, the Son of the living God, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully, but when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, 
because he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Thawut, and today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 19, and it's the story of salvation of the publican Zacchaeus. And this week also the church celebrated another feast, the feast of the cross, and the church in its wisdom, I believe, saw a relationship between the Gospel of today and the cross. In a commentary on this gospel by St. Augustine, St. Augustine, he sees the sycamore tree as a symbol of the cross. And if you look at the word sycamore, it can be broken down into two words, sika, which means a Greek word which means fruit or fig or something, and another word, Mor, moros, a Greek word which means moros, and that has a similar meaning to the English word moron. So, moros means to be slow, foolish, silly. So, together, sycamore means any silly fruit. And St. Augustine says in his commentary that he sees the climbing of the sycamore tree as resembling the life of a Christian who decides to carry his cross, and because there was shame associated with climbing the sycamore tree, and there was shame and ridicule for carrying the cross. And in the Pauline epistle of today, uh, which was to the Corinthians, St. Paul, he says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. They're silly fruit. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Today, we want to become spiritually discerned. We want to receive the things of the Spirit of God. We want to be saved by the power of the cross in our lives. We want to be like Zacchaeus today. And accept the Lord into our house to have salvation to our house. I especially love the last verse in the gospel of today. It said, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was someone lost. He was not just a regular sinner. Actually, he was called the chief publican. He was the biggest sinner ever. And it's precisely these type of people who the Lord loves to find. And that's why today I want to call today like lost and found. Lost and found. Let's talk about what being lost is. When something is lost, it means being separated from its owner. We might lose a lot of things. Lord knows I lose a ton of things. But the pain of losing something depends 
on the value of the thing that we lose. If I lose a penny, no big deal. But if I lose something that has value to me, if something expensive, it's a much bigger deal. If I lose something easily replaceable, no big deal. But if I lose something irreplaceable, big deal. It's a big deal. And we, as human beings, are we valuable in the sight of the Lord? Are we valuable in the sight of the Lord? Even St. Peter says, you were bought with a price, not with gold or with silver, but by the precious blood of our, our, of our Lord. And so, each person is so valuable. And is anybody in this church easily replaceable? We'll give it another one. Is anyone easily replaceable? Absolutely not. Each member in the church has their name written in the book of life. Each member of the church is part of the body of Christ. So if one member of the body is lost, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I want you to imagine someone with a mangled body. Someone with a mangled body. Someone missing a few fingers, missing a leg, missing an arm. And this mangled person is searching for his fingers. He's searching for his leg. He's searching for his arm. Who is this mangled body? The Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ is coming to look for his missing fingers. Fanned missing fingers that are missing. They've been cut off. They've been separated. When we sin, we divide the body of the Lord. Sin separates me from the Lord. Sin causes me to be lost, like the prodigal son. We'll talk about the prodigal son later. Heresies, false beliefs, ideologies of society. All of these things separate me from the Lord. Even one idea that came to me was the Arius. When Arius started to preach his heresy, the Lord appeared to St. Peter, the seal of martyrs. He's the second one, or the first one over here on, 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 our, on the icons of the patriarchs. And the Lord appeared to St. Peter and said, and, and the Lord, when, when St. Peter saw the Lord, he said, What happened to your robe, O Christ? Why is your robe torn? And the Lord replied, Arius has torn my robe because he separated me. So sin and heresies, they cause us to be lost. And when we are separated from our owner, what happens? What happens when you are separated from your owner? What happens when you cut a, tr a branch off a tree? It starts to die. It starts withering away. It starts decomposing. And the body of the Lord is divine. It's full of life. It's like, uh, you know, maybe like a terrible example, but like a starfish. If it cuts off, it can be attached again. It grows another one. It's full of life. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ is actively trying to reattach the members of his body together. In the gospel of today, we see how sin and heresy separated the Lord are separated the Zacchaeus from the Lord. This is resembled by the crowds. The crowds. The crowds prevented Zacchaeus from seeing the Lord, just like sin and heresy prevent me from seeing the Lord. The crowds are a distraction. The crowds 
like oftentimes when I speak to someone, why don't you come to church? Why don't you want to do any service? Why don't you want to do anything? The number one excuse I get is the crowds. The crowds. They say, oh, Sunday's too crowded. Lots of spaces here. The back always is crowded. Lots of space. The crowds. Always people say the crowds. They say the crowds, they judge me. They speak about me. They look down upon me. And did the crowds judge Zacchaeus? Oh, yeah. Did they make fun of him? Oh, yeah. Did they ridicule him? Oh, yeah. But did that stop Zacchaeus from climbing the silly fruit tree? And because he climbed the silly fruit tree, he was able to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. The crowds should not direct my life. Too many people are following the crowd, the way society is going. But I should follow the Lord. This leads us to be lost. Being lost is separated from our owner. That's number one. Being lost too. When someone is lost, they should cry out. They should acknowledge, man, I am lost. It's only when I admit that I am lost, when I admit my symptoms to the doctor, that the doctor can heal me. And this is the sacrament of repentance and confession. And in essence, the sacrament, what is the sacrament of repentance and confession? It is saying, I lost my way. Please help me. Give me guidance. Put me back on the right path. It's already bad enough to be lost. Like being lost is tough and very difficult. But what's worse than being lost is not realizing I am, I am lost. And not admitting that I am lost. I'm reading the book of Jeremiah now. And the problem that Jeremiah was dealing with is that everyone thought they were okay. No one believed they were lost. No one wanted to admit they had a problem, although there was tons of problems. If you read Jeremiah chapter 7, he says, Change the way you are living and stop doing the things that you are doing. Be fair in your treatment of one another. Stop taking advantage of aliens, orphans and widows. Stop killing innocent people. Stop worshipping other gods. So Jeremiah has a long list of things that are, like that the people are doing wrong. And the people... Actually, there was other prophets who would come out and speak against Jeremiah. And so, like, the other prophets would say, no, 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 we're safe here. We're in the temple. Why is Jeremiah preaching that the temple is going to be destroyed? God would never destroy his own temple. And so these people didn't believe they were lost, but they were for sure lost. I don't want us to be like the people in the time of Jeremiah or the Pharisees in the time of the Lord who couldn't see their own faults, who were so quick to judge one another and miss the opportunity to even invite the Lord to their house. And this is what judgment does. Judgment does blind us to seeing the Lord. I learned one lesson one time, never to judge anyone. One time I was meeting someone who was Egyptian but not, not Christian. And I met this person very quickly. Um, this person is, was not, I should say, was not Christian. They became Christian. And this person was traveling once and they were stopping in Chicago for a little bit. So I decided to go meet this person. And when I went to go meet this person, this person was traveling with the rest of their family. And so this person was dressed in their formal, like, attire. And I remember seeing to myself, 
man, you should never judge. Because this person is Coptic. But if you just looked at her, you wouldn't say she's Coptic. And actually, she's probably more Coptic than like myself. She knows every, like every hymn of the church. Knows every like knows like the Bible by heart. And if anyone saw, they would have judged and said, this person is just Wahid Mantani. But no, this person is, like, is Christian. And this is why if you are in sin, in heresy, in judgment, you will miss the opportunity to see the Lord Jesus Christ in other people. That was two things about being lost. First, we have to admit we are lost and we need to know that like being lost is being separated by our owner. Let's talk about two things about being found. One of the greatest qualities about our Lord Jesus Christ is that he is actively seeking us. Actively seeking us. You could be lost. You could even admit you, that you're lost. But if no one is looking for you, it wouldn't matter. If you're in a forest and you're like, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. But there's no one that could hear you. It doesn't matter. But the great thing about our God is that our God is seeking us. Yani the Bible always speaks about, and it also speaks about man seeking God. Seek and you shall find. And this is important. And every man should be seeking God. But what if people have no desire for God? What if people don't have a desire for God? What if people are too hurt to look after God, too injured from all the pain of sin. I feel like sometimes the devil has wounded us so bad that we have no more energy to seek after God. And I feel like another image that came to me is I feel like people are drowning, and drowning in pain, drowning in misery, drowning by attachment to worldly things, drowning by the expectation of others. And after so much pain, someone would just like to give up swimming. And I can't swim anymore. Khalas, and I've tried. I'm, I'm tired of this. And I can't tread the water any longer. But what's so great about the gospel of today is the Lord says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. God has a way of seeking people that are not even seeking Him. We just celebrated yesterday the feast of St. Cyprian and St. Justina. They're the last ones in the icon on, on the far, on the iconostasis. And St. Saint, uh, Saint, uh, Cyprian, who became a bishop in the church, was he seeking after God? Actually, he was seeking more sorcery. He was trying to find a way... To make St. Justina, St. Justina to fall in love. And so he was going on the complete opposite path. Yet somehow, by the wisdom of God, someone who is not seeking God, God finds this person and makes him a bishop in the church. Allah. How about St. Mary of Egypt? Was she, was she seeking God? She was actually going to Jerusalem to continue her business. Her business was sin. And she was going to Jerusalem to continue in her sin. She had no intention of seeking God, but God found her. God was seeking her. St. Paul, was he seeking to find Jesus? He was going to Damascus to persecute Christians, and yet the Lord found 
him. The Lord found him. And I could give a million examples. In John 5, we read about a man. He had infirmity 38 years. 38 years. And he's sitting by the pool. And no one is carrying him and putting him in the pool. And so, did he find Christ or did Christ find him? Christ found him. Who is seeking who? Christ is seeking us. The Lord is relentlessly seeking after everyone. And that's why in Luke chapter 15, the Lord, he shares three parables about being lost and, you could call that chapter, being lost and found. It's lost and found. And I want to speak about the first two very briefly. The first parable is about lost sheep. Lost sheep. In the parable of the Lord, the Lord, he takes the sheep, like he leaves the 99. And what I like about this parable, it says he takes the sheep. And what does he do with the sheep? He puts it on his back and he carries the sheep. And he just, and if you were thinking about the man that's drowning, drowning because of his misery, drowning because of this, drowning because of sin, drowning because has no energy to follow, has fallen into a pit. What does the Lord Jesus Christ do? Takes him out of the pit and puts him on his shoulders. Tabda easier not like he's doing everything. He's doing everything. The Lord is seeking us. That's the beauty of this parable. The second parable is about the lost coin. And the second parable, it's written that the lady diligently was searching for the lost coin. And she would search. It's written that she kept searching until she found it. Until. So he didn't stop searching and say, mm, I can't find it. And as a hit, I'm searching. No, the Lord is always... Searching, always sending messages, always trying to knock on the door of our hearts, saying, open to us. And that's why the end of that parable, and both of those parables, it says, there will be joy in heaven, more joy. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. I wish all of us, we want to have, make like heaven have a party. How can heaven have a party? Is when we, when we repent. The last thing about when the Lord finds us. When the Lord finds us, we must change our life. We must change our life. When we lose things, we must learn, like from what we lost, right? And I lost my keys. And then I bought air tags, so I never lose my keys ever again. You know, and I and I gayart, and I into, and I lost my, and I put it in the same place every day. I shouldn't, every day I'm going to lose my keys. This will be too like dramatic, you know. But once you've been found, now I still do it. But Yani, when you when you've been lost and you're found, then you want to stick to to the Lord. Stick to the Lord. He found you, so don't become. Lost again. When the Lord found Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, look at what he says. He changed. He's different. He said, Lord, look, I give my half of my goods to the poor. If I've taken anything by anyone, by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Like imagine now the Lord came to Zacchaeus' house and Zacchaeus says, I love my job. I love stealing from the poor. I don't give anybody anyone, they're poor, you know, 
You think the Lord's response would be, salvation has come to this house? No, but because Zacchaeus changed. When the Lord found him, he changed. So all of us, we need to change. We owe our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus changed, transformed his life. After the prodigal son came back home, that's the third parable in the, in the chapter of lost and found, you think the son could ever go back to, the, to what he lived before? I don't think so. Once he was found, he said, I'm going to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know what it's like to be drowning. I know what it's like to tread water. I know what it's like to be suffering. And now the Lord carried me on his back. I owe everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we have this idea like in our heart, that we owe our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Lord found Zacchaeus, and the Lord saved him and transformed his life. I hope all of us, we all are lost, even in the third litany of the midnight hour. He says, I am like a lost sheep, seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commandments. The church is always telling us that we are lost. We need to admit we are lost, that we've been separated from our owner. We need repentance, we need confession. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Oh, yeah, oh. Oh.